You have reached Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey, a ministry and podcast of the Discover Young Adults Ministry at the Preston Crest Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. We meet at 945 on Sunday mornings, and we have small groups all throughout the week. We are located at Preston Road and Highway 635 in North Dallas. My name is Jacob Hawk. I'm the Young Adults Minister and the host of this podcast. It doesn't matter if you are single, dating, if you want to be dating, if you're married, if you want to be married, or if you're divorced, or if you're trying to figure out at what stage of life you are passing through. At the Discover Young Adults Ministry, we want to help you discover life, discover love, and discover the Lord. If I can help you or serve you in any way, or if I can pray for you, please email me at jacob at pressingcrest.org. We are glad that you're joining us again today for Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey. My name is Jacob Hawk, the host of this podcast here at the Preston Crest Church Christ in North Dallas. We have been in a series on Thanksgiving, and it has been a real joy to hear from several of our Preston Crest elders about different things that we need to be thankful for, and today is no different. I am excited to have with me today Stephen Miller, another one of our elders here at Preston Crest, who is actually born here at Preston Crest, has been here his entire life, and uh, Stephen and his family have had a fairly challenging, even traumatic year in some ways this this year, in addition to the coronavirus that we're all facing. And so I know what he has to say today will be very meaningful for us as we listen. But Stephen, I want to, to uh, thank you for being here with us today. Glad to be here, Jacob. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, family, what you do for a living, history at Preston Crest, whatever you think we need to know. Sure. Well, as you mentioned, I was born and raised here in Dallas. Um, I attended Dallas Christian High School, and I went to Abilene Christian University, where I majored in accounting. And I also went back and got my MBA in finance from the University of North Texas. Uh, I've been in the IT industry for over 20 years, and I currently work for NTT Data. Uh, I met and married my wife, Christy, which is the greatest blessing I have. And we've been married out at Abilene Christian, and we have been married over 29 years. We have been blessed with three awesome children, Cameron, who is a junior at Abilene Christian studying nursing, Emily, who's a freshman at ACU, and she's also studying nursing. And then Reese, my son, is a senior at Plano Senior High. Uh, as you mentioned, I've been at Preston Crest with my family uh, when I was a young child when the doors opened back in 1972, and we've attended ever since, and we're thankful that we've been raising our family here uh, as well. And uh, you also played golf at ACU, is I that correct? I might have played golf at ACU, yes, okay. I, I did, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed that opportunity and had a lot of uh, uh, great memories from that. And um, you played in our church golf tournament back in October. I did, I did. And and did you win that tournament? No, because I didn't have a loaded team like the team that did win, um, the team of Davis, Hawk, and others. So Okay, okay. Well, I was just I was making sure I wanted to be reminded, and I wanted other people to know about it as well. So, <laughs> no, Stephen's a great guy, comes from a great family, and uh, I know that you're going to be blessed by what Stephen has to say uh, today. So we're going to be talking a little bit about prayer and our love for the Word of God. And I think Stephen and his whole family would agree that 
even though they've been in the church all of their life and have been very faithful members um, of the Lord's church, respectively here at Preston Crest, even their appreciation for prayer and scripture has grown tremendously over the last few months. So we're going to begin by just kind of the first question that I had for Stephen. Stephen, what was your understanding of the importance of prayer and God's word as you were growing up? Well, I believe that both prayer and studying the Word of God were just central to my faith and central to my beliefs. Um, prayer is the way we've communicated with God, and it's our opportunity to bring our needs and wants in front of Him. Um, I was Growing up, I was always very, very careful on how I said my prayers and made sure I used the right words. Um, when it came to Scripture, I seemed to be enamored with the stories of the Bible, but I also learned to memorize the important verses, which helped me throughout my life. Um, I even remember when I was at Dallas Christian as a freshman, um, I was I learned the majority of the book of Hebrews because my Bible teacher was Willie Franklin, mm. who is a former NFL football um, player, and he had his way of strongly encouraging us uh, to to memorize uh, the, the book of, of Hebrews. So um, memorization was a big part of that because it's something I still am able to fall back on when, when I need it. But uh, I look at the scripture as a way that God communicates with us. Absolutely, absolutely. So, and that's great that you had Willie Franklin as a Bible <laughs> teacher. Uh, he is a unique individual in well, so many ways. I, I was going to use the word he coerced us, okay. but I'll say in, strongly encouraged. Yeah, yeah. What, what, a, what a good soldier of the cross he is. A wonderful heart and love for the Lord and for his kingdom. So you grew up with this. It's been ingrained in you um, spiritually and in some ways physically watching uh, your dad, Todd, one of our elders, pray and, and your mom and, and your family in general. But tell us a little bit, um, and, and you can tell the listeners today who don't know the story, I guess, what's happened, but how has your understanding changed <clears throat> or deepened this past year about prayer and Scripture? Well, as you mentioned, uh, 2020 has been a real drag for all of us. Um, for our family, it has been a challenge. As I had a senior in high school uh, that didn't end her year the way most years would have. Same for my senior son this year. Uh, my dad had a bout with cancer and some of my favorite people have passed away. But as you uh, mentioned most recently, um, my younger brother Chris was in a terrible car accident and is now still cover recovering in the hospital. So during these uh, tumultuous and chaotic times, my family and I have leaned heavily on the power of prayer and the wisdom of the word. There were times when we didn't have the right things to say to my kids, my family, or others. So I would reply on the simple yet powerful words of the scripture to help us during these times of uncertainty. So it's been very interesting on how my prayer life has changed to where I've been more um, direct with God. And maybe in the past, um, I would have tiptoed around my request, but we've been praying for healing. We've been praying for good days and progress in, in this journey. And uh, we're approaching 100 days with Chris being in a, some medical facility. 
And so I've learned to beg and plea more than I ever have because I believe that God wants to hear our hearts. He knows our hearts, but he also wants to hear our hearts. And so over this journey, uh, when we assembled up in Oklahoma back the day after he had his, uh, his brain surgery, he had a traumatic brain injury, our family gathered in Oklahoma City. We all drove up there and um, we arrived at 620. It was just the time when we were able to get together and we prayed at 620 the day after his accident. And so for the next almost 100 days, our family collectively on a phone call or when we're gathered together, we've all prayed at 620, not to mention other times during the day, but we were persistent with that prayer. And the great thing about that is we had shared that with a lot of people, not only in our family, but in our community here at church, um, the community that Chris and Carrie uh, live in. And people tell me all the time that they've been praying at 620. The interesting thing about 620, Jacob, is the next day after we prayed, my sister-in-law, Heather, uh, woke up to this strange feeling that 620 must have some meaning in the Bible. So she Googled verses that um, that are, you know, what we didn't know which book, but we knew chapter 6, verse 20. And she came across um, John 6.20, which was the last verse in the story of Jesus walking on the waters. When the disciples were in the boat, they were, they were in the midst of this chaotic, this terrible time with the storm in the boat that they were riding in. And they look up and they see Jesus. And in verse 20, he says to them, do not be afraid, it is I. So that's been our theme. We have t-shirts made. We have just, it's, it's our theme. You know, you may see it on Facebook. But through this whole journey, we've used that as our mantra, that we feel God's presence, that we're not alone. And as we seek him, seek him through prayer and also seek him through his word it gives us a sense of peace even in the storms of this life especially during this season that's an amazing story and speaks to the character of your family not only to be people of prayer but then to start searching the bible to just look out of curiosity chapter 6 verse 20 um, what significance that could have and a lot of people wouldn't think to do that they would pray and they would ask and even Interestingly enough, even people who are not believers, when they approach a tragedy or a terrible season, they turn to prayer. And they'll often say things like, if there is a God, please hear what we have to say. But the Miller family, um, that's not how, how you operate. And that's a beautiful story of prayer and devotion to Scripture. Well, you kind of mentioned, you know, how's it changed my perception? You know, I think in one of the... Um, thoughts I had is growing up, you know, I wanted to say the right words. And I think a lot of us as Christians um, may ask and we just wait for the answer. And sometimes we give up. We may ask once, we may ask twice, and we're not patient enough. And so I'm reminded of First Thessalonians 5.17 that tells us to pray without ceasing. Pray with persistence is what we kind of use as our motto. Um, and I think God actually wants us to be persistent. He wants us to, to knock so he can open the door. But the other thing that we've learned is we always look for a definitive answer. We look for yes or we look for no. But one thing that we've also learned during this, uh, this journey is that sometimes God says not yet. Mm -hmm. 
we wanted Chris out of the hospital, out of the medical facilities months ago. But we wanted him to be able to graduate to the next facility to where he can get different type of care. But it seemed like a lot of the answers we got from God were not yet because Chris's body wasn't ready to go to rehab. Chris's body wasn't ready to go through the certain therapies that were required. So God made that very clear to our family that sometimes when we pray and we sometimes we pray the same prayers, we may pray them boldly that, you know, the more we didn't feel like we got the answer, but we learned just to be patient and persistent and to understand the answers aren't always going to be yes and no. That's so well put. And, uh, you know, we often hear that God answers prayers in three ways, yes, no, or wait. And in so many times, uh, <laughs> the no would be easier than the wait because waiting on God, having the patience on God to act or to intervene specifically in the way that we've asked is so challenging. And when we look at the Old Testament, you know, of course, it's debated how many how many years the earth has been around. But if you take the historical Christian perspective that I I believe of, you know, 6,000 years, 4,000 years before Jesus, 2,000 years since, uh, for thousands of years, God's people heard someone is going to come. Someone is going to come. Someone is going to come to make things right, to bring restoration, to redeem. Someone's coming. Someone's coming. And we hear about that for the first time in Genesis 3.15. And centuries pass, millennia pass. Has, he hasn't come yet. Uh, God's people live through two different captivities. <laughs> they watch the world around them become more and more evil. But prophets still keep saying, someone will come, someone will come, someone will come. And waiting on God's answer can be so hard. No, you're right. And uh, one thing that our family has seen is that we've seen his, you know, God's goodness, God's faithfulness, and his perfect timing. Mm-hmm. And we call it his perfect timing because he hadn't skipped a beat. It just wasn't our timing. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. That's Isaiah 40. Those who wait upon the Lord absolutely shall renew their strength. Yes, sir. Yeah. So what do you think then that, that Christians often misunderstand about prayer? Well, I believe that we always feel like we need to be perfect. And I think I you know, kind of alluded to that a little bit earlier where we feel like we need to say the perfect words. And we need to have deep reverence when we pray to God. But I think God wants us to treat him like who he is, which is our father. Mm-hmm. I don't think growing up I went to my dad and you know, had a script with perfectly worded statements to ask for whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I think God truly wants us to tell him what we feel. Mm-hmm. And uh, he knows we're vulnerable. He knows we're human. He knows we're weak. And that's why we seek him out as the strong, um, mighty father. And I like to say father, Abba father, because he's our daddy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think a lot of times we, we spend time worrying about what to say than just saying what we need to say. Mm-hmm. And trusting that he'll have the grace to let us be very direct, <laughs> very open. Um, at times, even mentally, when we mentally are approaching him in reverence, we may not always be physically approaching him in reverence. Um, 
I mean, in, in my life, I've prayed and I've been angry and I've told him I was angry. I've been hurt. I told him I was hurt. I raised my voice and other times I was crying through tears. And and I think all of those prayers, as you said, he, he honors those prayers and desires those prayers. Um, one of my favorite things about prayer, Jesus says, is that the Father knows what you need even before you ask him. But he still wants you to ask mm-hmm. and to tell him exactly uh, what you're feeling and, and what you're thinking. Well, I think, you know, to your point, um, I was recently listening to, uh, you know, knowing I was going to talk about this and just, uh, and my daughter had written a paper on what Jesus says about prayer, ironically, that uh, uh, I helped edit last week. And hmm. uh, something was brought to mind. And uh, I think a lot of, t- you know, Jesus said a lot about prayer and Jesus was the, presented the model prayer and just, you know, taught us how to pray in private. But there was one uh uh, instance in the Bible back in Daniel when he was struggling at a certain point in his life in Daniel 10 that God will already knows what our words are going to be if we set our mind to gain understanding and to humble ourselves before him and as you mentioned God knows uh, what we're going to say before we say it but it's up to us to have the right attitude and the right approach to him and I've learned that you know God already know is going to be able to help us in our times of need based on our attitude and our approach. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we can take so much comfort in knowing that uh, even before we pray. So you mentioned the connection of prayer to uh, specifically with Chris's situation, uh, John chapter 6, verse 20. But how, how can we have a better appreciation for Scripture and for God's Word? I just think if we can uh, overcome the world persona that the Bible is a collection of stories and rules and realize that it's a collection of truths, wisdom, and counsel, then we can get the complete value uh, it presents. We all seek advice. We always look for guardrails to how to live. And we also look for acceptance from many people, resources, or specialists, but people fail us. And so I think God is the ultimate communicator through his word. Mm-hmm. What I've learned over this, basically this whole year, Jacob, because 2020 has not been kind to all of us. A lot of people have suffered from COVID, the fear of COVID. A lot of our lives have been disrupted. But when the words just won't come, it's amazing how the word of God will speak to you. You can find your answer in this and I'm putting in air quotes, self-help book called the Bible. Um, I know there's people who've you know reached out and said, I'm in this situation and I wanna provide something of, of value in terms of some kind of feedback. And sometimes I don't have the right words, but I believe that if people really truly understand that God is communicating through us through his word, it creates a whole lot of different value. And I was enamored with the stories like I told you as a kid. But I've learned that not only is the New Testament full of great things, but so is the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Psalms, Proverbs, uh, Ecclesiastes, just things that are going on now are not new. Mm-hmm. They're not mm-hmm. new. Absolutely. And uh, you've sat through Bible classes and sermons your entire life uh, here at Preston Crest, especially spending your child years and adult years here. I guess you left for a little while to go to ACU, but... With all of the sermons you've heard and classes you've sat through, how how can we be very effective in teaching God's Word or maybe even improve on 
how we've taught God's Word? Well, I uh, I really enjoy teaching. I personally enjoy teaching. But what I really like to do is uh, I love to teach the books of the Bible. And I know that sounds kind of funny to say that, but I get more about when I study and prepare to teach uh, books of the Bible because I'm no expert on some of these you know uh, to- these topical uh, subjects that people teach. But I find it's very interesting to really open up to different things. And like I mentioned Ecclesiastes earlier, that was the book I was really afraid to teach because I consider it the revelation of the New, the New Testament, uh, of the Old Testament, excuse me. But I really understood that there is nothing new under the sun, that Solomon, the wisest man besides Jesus that walked this earth, told us on numerous occasions that he talks about the science in chapter one. He talks politics. He talks about relationships. He talks about finances. These are things that even today in 2020 are issues and problems for people that are dealing with it today. So I don't look at the at the Bible as anything outdated by any means. So I believe it's very important. Whether I study um, a, a book of the Bible or I study a topic, I wanna ensure that we're incorporating the words of God because it's amazing how Everything that we're dealing with as people on this earth, the Bible is very self-explanatory on how to overcome or to enjoy or to learn. Absolutely. And if we really are going to be people of the book, people who know the Bible, we've got to be teaching the Bible. And um, I love what you had to say there that, uh, you know, topical studies are good, but they need to be mixed in with a healthy diet of looking directly at the text. That's where the power comes from is, is the text, the Word of God. And uh, when we spend our time in the text, we will always walk away blessed from it. Um, I, I think that kind of goes into the next question, so some of your answers may be repetitive. The, that was about teaching God's Word, but how can we improve our study habits of studying God's Word? Well, I, I want to remind ourselves that uh, in those that we teach that we need to seek truth first and foremost, and it will, it will draw to us the wisdom, encouragement, and providence of God. And I think we just need to really be make a very conscious effort to study the Word of God. I think a lot of times maybe we get in this mode where I know the Bible, and uh, it's amazing every time you open up the book, you learn something new. It could mm-hmm. be the same verse, but where you are at this time of uh, this season of your life, it may mean something a little bit different. And that's been very true throughout just these last several months with Chris's um, uh, accident. But you know, set out with some kind of objective. You know, why do we want to, what, what do you want to, what do you want to study and why? And it could be different today than it was yesterday, that it will be tomorrow. Um, we just need to purposely set some time aside to do it. You know, whether it's early in the morning or whether it's uh, at lunchtime, just, and, you know, find a certain pattern and, uh, you know, and, and follow it. Um, and the other thing is, I love to read the Bible from cover to cover, but it wouldn't take me a year like some of these challenges are. I like to read the text very uh, slowly and soak in the words and try to understand what the message is that the author is trying to tell me as well as how that is affecting my life today. Um, and you, you'll, you know, it's just very important that we understand the message because the message is truth and, that, and the message is something that we need to uh, be willing to listen to very closely every day. I love what you said there about every time you're opening the Bible, opening it, realizing, all right, this is this is going to tell me something I need to do in my life. And it's not just a exercise to 
prove a position or to remind yourself why you believe what you believe, but to improve and to change and to be transformed. So I would agree with all of those uh, answers. You've kind of answered this already. I'm assuming uh, this next question kind of ties into John 6:20 because of what your family has endured this year. But what has become your favorite verse or book in the Bible and and why? Well, I mean, obviously during this season, I found so much encouragement and inspiration throughout uh, the entire Bible. Um, it'd be hard to pick a couple others. You know, like I said, John 6.20 has a different meaning for our family and and a lot of people in the community who mm-hmm. I've run into at dentist offices and uh, sure. here at church. Um, but Philippians 4.6 um, is a very familiar verse, but I, I have a little bit different understanding now that we've been through what we have over the last hundred days because it, you know, Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And as I said, this has meant a lot to us, a lot, lot to us so much recently. But I've also heard that the first part of this verse can be read, be anxious about nothing. Mm-hmm. So if you take out all those negative, you know, and reverse it, be anxious about nothing. I mean, our lives are filled with anxiety. You know, Mm -hmm. the healing of Chris, the uncertainty about a job, you know, will my child get into college? Will they make this particular team? Anxiety is just so persistent. And I like the way, you know, of course, then it leads you into prayer and petition and giving thanksgiving to God, and he will hear you. God's telling us not to be anxious. Be anxious for nothing. Mm -hmm. So I like that as one, just as it relates to prayer of what we've seen. But I will have to say the second verse, uh, since you've asked, is, mm-hmm. is Psalms 46.10, which happens to be uh, the favorite verse of a great saint who I called mom. Mm-hmm. And I wish she was here now to recite us through all what we've been going uh, through, but it says, be still and know that I am God. And I look at this verse and think of it as three verses. Number one, be still or to slow down, stop. Stop what you're doing and be still. Secondly, have confidence in our God. Know that He is your God, and then also to realize He is the great I Am. Mm-hmm. Eight, ten words that can be broken down into three really important reminders of how we can seek God through prayer, through study, and it's not uh, not uh, surprising that it was my mom's favorite verse. Yeah, it's beautiful text. Be still and know I am God. Absolutely. So last question, how would you encourage others to not only deepen their prayer life, but but their relationship with Scripture? Well, I believe we can all become richer if we purposely and intentionally intertwine our communication with God and His communication with us. Our prayers and our study should be intertwined where it's it's a you know it's kind of a never ending uh, circle of, uh, of of seeking His presence and hearing His words, mm-hmm. um, and uh, He knows our hearts as we pray, as we mentioned earlier. But we also learn His heart through His words, and I think it's all about our attitude, our presentation, and our approach to prayer, and how we understand His word. Amen. Amen. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for your time today. Anything else you want to add that we haven't talked about so far? No, I'm just truly grateful for this opportunity to share because this has been something that's been very uh, a forefront, for, the forethought of my mind as we've been kind of going through this. And, and again, just 
very appreciative of the time with you and and just the overall encouragement and love that we've received from this church, uh, from our, our community, from people near and far that uh, have fully shown um, that they've they've been praying and uh, you know really rooting Chris on as mm. we try to get him to fully healing. Absolutely. Well, we will continue to pray for Chris and your family and those listening to this today. I'm sure that. The Miller family would be absolutely honored and tremendously thankful if at 620 every day you could stop and pray for Chris and uh, that his recovery would come quickly and that he could return home and be back with his family as he was just a few months ago. Thank you, Stephen, for your time. Thank you for your service to Preston Crest and the Millers, what they mean to this church. I want to close today by reminding you that along this journey of life, there will be road work along the way. But here at Road Talk, we want to help you get ready, help you navigate your journey. And as always, we want to remind you to keep your eyes on heaven. Have a great week, and we will talk to you next time.